Hey, just want to do a quick plug before the show begins. Uh, this Sunday, that's in two days, we are having our first Wally Opus Records showcase called Wally Opus Presents 2022, featuring The Strangers, Atlas of the Dogs, Swamp Eyes, with a special guest. And uh, we had to switch something up. Panama Papers, unfortunately, had to drop the bill, so we brought on a great acoustic duo. Uh, they're not acoustic on their records, but they're going to play an acoustic set. Marcus Ho and Ben Janney. Janney? Janney? I'm actually not sure how to pronounce it yet. But um, Marcus was on the podcast uh, last year, but then we released his episode a few episodes back, so go check that out. Learn a little bit about Marcus. But yeah, they'll be playing at the Wally Opus Presents on this coming Sunday, December 18th. Doors open at 5, music starts at 6. It's going to be a great time. We have some really cool shit that we're working on to just make it a, a really great show. So I'd love for your support to come out and see you at the spot at stage two at 321 on North Congress in Evansville. I was thinking the other day, why am I doing this again? Because it's a lot of work and uh, ticket sales are stressful to manage when they don't just go like hotcakes. And so I, re I remembered that I went to Louder Than Life uh, in Louisville this past year with the Strangers Blade back in September and got to experience their music um, as they played on the main stage of literally one of the biggest sound systems on earth, I think. And I can't get that experience out of my system. I can't get it out of my head. And I just want to hear the bands that I work with on a great sound system in an environment that is that is curated to the experience, like what a music festival is, with the art with um, great people and drinks and uh, loud music and, and just just a really fun experience, atmosphere, vibe, all of that. I want to bring that back to my hometown of Evansville. So that's why we're doing it. That's why we're going through all this trouble to make this show what it is because we want to we want to just put on a great experience for people. That's what it is. So tickets are 20 bucks. They're on sale now at wallyopus.com. All right. Hello and welcome to the Wally Opus podcast, where I interview doers from around the Midwest. I'm Wes from Wally Opus, and my guest today is Darren Harger, drummer and a founding member of one of Southern Indiana's top post-hardcore bands, A Modest Proposal. Formed in 2017, Amp has released one album, one EP, and three singles, of which one, Arson, has garnered nearly 18,000 Spotify streams to date. The band has spent the past six months on multiple tour runs around the Midwest, sharing one of those tours with Nashville-based band Camson, who Darren is also drummer of. <laughs> In August of 2021, Darren launched the Evansville-based Fuchsia Fest, an annual music and arts festival dedicated to hosting bands and visual artists from around Southern Indiana, which is where uh, or which is how we initially met. Uh, in addition to doing all things music. Darren also shoots photographs on film, which he then sells in an online or on an online store 
which he can tag that at the uh, at the end. Darren, thank you for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was a good intro. You, <laughs> <laughs> you hyped it up a little bit beforehand, but no, that was all spot on. <laughs> okay, dude, good. Which so last night I learned. I was just like taking a deep dive through your stuff. Campson, how the fuck are you in a band, like a, a, a prominent band in Evansville and also in another band in Nashville? Yeah, so I uh, we actually met Camson through a Moss Proposal. So okay. We played, I don't know if you were, if you ever went to PG, uh, mm-hmm. which was the the spot prior to like 2019 ish yes when they yeah down. but on franklin street yes i actually never went there but i've heard so much about it that i feel like i'd yeah lots of beautiful kind of before things. my time in evansville so yeah i totally get that it, lots of beautiful things happened there it was a really cool spot for a long time but uh rest in peace yeah <laughs> uh, yeah but we played uh, a tuesday night uh, very early in our band's career prior to like knowing that you probably shouldn't play a Tuesday night after playing a Friday the day the week before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we played with uh, Camson, and we played with another band from Nashville called Smallville. Okay. Uh, we are now very good friends with both of them because we just stuck in contact because it, it was just a really fun night. Not that many people came to the show because it was a Tuesday yeah. <laughs> and we had just played. Why would they? Uh, but we just uh, we we kept contact with them for a while and then. Uh, they needed a drummer for a tour, and I, I was like, yeah, I mean, sure, I can go for, like, a week and just, like, play drums with a band that I like. That would be cool. And then uh, they asked me again the next year, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, sure, why not? Stick and then, Yeah, might as well. And then they were like, yeah, you just want to be in the band at this point. <laughs> I was like... So, do sure. you go down there much to practice, or is it... Um, so we don't practice. Okay, okay. Uh, unless it's, like, right before a tour or mm-hmm. something else. Like, occasionally... We'll do something, like we'll get together, but uh, with it being like two and a half, three hours away, it's not the easiest to like drive down for a day and then come back. Like I could, but it's yeah. just kind of like a pain. Oh, yeah. It's cl- it's like con- Nashville for our location is convenient for like one-off days, but sure. to do it regularly is taxing. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's not a commute. No. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah. you're gone for the day. Yeah, and you, you're only gonna be there for several hours. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's like a commitment too, because then you gotta like get up early and then mm-hmm. drive, and it's like five or six hours of your day driving. Yep, is like never fun, especially if you have so many other things to do. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's how I ended up in Camson. Uh, now, obviously, like they're my best friends. I've been playing. I've been officially in the band. I think for like three years now. And, and going on tour, like with them. They went on your summer tour with Amp too, yeah. mm-hmm. so you just played double sets every night. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that uh, that was amazing. I loved every second of it, but that sucked ass. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's funny is, dude, there was one time uh, Mason Bradley, who's in your, yes. uh, I follow him on Instagram. Uh, he's a buddy of mine. He's in Amp. Uh, and his proposal is Amp, by the way, for people listening. But I remember him posting some photos of the first tour. I remember specifically thinking, Darren looks tired or like not happy, like something's up in this photo. But I had no idea at the time you were double booked every single night that you were playing a show. Yeah, and I was driving a good amount of it. Not all of it, like we switch, but Brandon and I do most of the driving. So it was like half of that I was also driving. And then, I don't know, with tour comes so much else that Mm -hmm. is just like a 
so taxing on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was very <laughs> tired. What? So, like, I'm curious, like, when you guys, you guys go on tour. So let me say this, too. Like, um, any time anybody plays shows outside of Evansville, it's to me, it's like a really big deal just because I know how hard it is to book shows outside of Evansville yeah. in terms of um, getting people to not only respond, but then to commit to having, especially if they'd never heard you before. Yeah. I mean, it helps to have other bands that you're playing with there who might know of you, but getting getting that out of, the, like bursting through Evansville or beyond Evansville initially is tough, yeah. but then to book you know, uh, a decent sized run to like back to back to back. That's impressive. Yeah. Who, who does all the booking? Uh, I do most of it. I do pretty okay. much all of it. Okay. Uh, we, if somebody has a connection somewhere, if somebody knows something, they'll do it. But yeah, most of it is done by me. Um, you do a lot of the logistics. Yeah. yeah. Which actually makes sense. Like you seem like a, that type of dude considering, all the other things that you do, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I got to keep track of it all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't consider myself that, but it's hard to look at it from like a... a On the outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is It is really hard to break through that like glass ceiling of fir- when you first start out getting an out-of-town show. Uh, Amp has been around for like five-ish years. Yeah, like, yeah, 2017. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so like when we first started booking shows... Uh, we didn't know anything like we didn't know shit about how to book or even like how to talk to promoters or venues or other bands about booking. Yeah. So it was all just like a shot in the dark. And like we used like Facebook groups and like Facebook, yeah. Facebook groups can still be great, but yeah. we used not good Facebook groups. <laughs> there is like, I know of a couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are some that are just like not worth going to. Uh, and with that, we played a lot of shows that were also not worth going to. Uh, I think it's just necessary almost to experience the oh, bad yeah. parts of oh, it. Yeah. Dude, uh, I still have a lady on on um, Facebook who is who found me through this Nashville group who like it's been two years. I mean, maybe a year since I like initially touched base with her, but she's still like I just see her shit. Like she'll still comment on my shit or like do some random stuff. Um, which makes me laugh because her her ad, her advice to me like I was gonna book this one uh, at this one spot and I was asking is there any other bands who want to play there with us? You don't want to play there, you know, blah blah. And I looked at her page. I'm like, who? What is this? How did you get in this group? <laughs> I know exactly. You're like the most random, <laughs> like person to be in this demographic of show going. Exactly rock the type people. of person you're describing. There are so many people like that who just like. They, yeah, like they are the person of the scene in their eyes. Like they know everything about it. And like realistically, it's just like a a mom or a dad who was like, who's like 60, who was really like they played a lot of shows and bars whenever they were in their 20s. It's like they live on Facebook now. Yes. And it is like so transparent. And then you'll see all of their life's drama. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I know, dude. You're so right. There's, there's some people will tell you all. Like, I had one guy say, hey, I can't, right? Right now, I got this going on, this going like a big life story. I'm like, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, you will get it all. Even if you don't ask for it, you're going to get yeah. these people's information. But it's, like you said, it's good. It's like the, it's like the, um, it's like the, the, the stages that you have to go through yeah. as a band who wants to get a bigger show. And like, like you said, it's a shot in the dark. How, there's no 
right or wrong way, one way to do any of this shit that you, both of us are doing. And like, yeah. especially starting, I mean, what were you in 2017? Like, how old were you? Uh, that would have been a year after I graduated. So it would have been like yeah. 18 or 19, probably 19 booking. Yeah. And I wasn't doing it back then. We, <laughs> somebody else was doing it because I didn't know anything about it. And yeah. So like, like I said, we just, we would just message people would be like, oh, hey, we need a band to fill this spot. And we'd be like, oh, we'll drive four hours to do it. And they, <laughs> they'd be like, oh, sure. That sounds like it makes sense. <laughs> like, clearly that's not how you make a good show happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like with that comes like a few like diamonds in the rough obviously like you get some good shows or at least a good connection yes and like we spent way more money than we ever made at those like i don't even think for our first several shows we played in nd or muncie we played a lot there mm. uh, i don't think we made anything off of them uh, which like i don't recommend be here now we did we played be here now mm-hmm. twice i think um, in muncie yeah it's a really cool place oh, yeah i dj'd there when i was in uh college i went to, oh, I went to nice. ball state for a year and a half <laughs> Is that where you learned to DJ? Yeah. Well, that's where I learned to DJ in front of a crowd of people who weren't high school kids at prom, basically. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to be an EDM guy, but that was short-lived. Yeah. I I switched pretty quickly. There's a lot of EDM guys out there. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't my thing after a while. This isn't what I'm going for, you know? You don't strike me as an EDM guy kind of guy. Yeah, it was a phase, I think. It got me into it. I still like... I don't listen to any EDM anymore. Yeah. I listen to mostly rock. Or actually, I listen to like a lot of country yeah. right now. Like, what uh, kind of country? And like, you know, do you know who Midland is? Yeah, I've not listened to any of their stuff. But I'll send you a record. You should, because they they. Uh, this is probably the second time I've talked about this on the podcast, but <laughs> they they uh they they released last year a record that they recorded back in like 2017 or 2016 maybe but it was like a very uh a very like stripped like very full and with reverb and stuff but very like very like organic and not produced not nashville country yeah. i do like some nashville country but it it's not that genre it's yeah, like like the pop western kind of country that's, that's the good kind of country in my opinion obviously like to each their own yeah but like yeah whenever it comes to like classic country i would much rather have like an old like western rock or just like mm. a, just like a stripped down folk or something like that yeah um yeah. but do you ever listen to like crosby stills nash and young like people I like that. I see. I I don't listen to as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. A lot of the country that I listen to is uh, like country fusioned with a different genre that I actually like now. Like, there's a few. Have you ever heard of Pine Grove? I don't think so. Uh, they're like uh, somebody's gonna get mad at me for mis <laughs> <laughs> misgenreing this band, but they're like uh, like country meets emo music. Okay. Um. But, like, with a lot of other influence as well. Like, there's a lot of, like, folky elements and a lot of, like, indie elements. Okay. Um, but they're they're a really cool band that does, like, something that not a lot of other bands do. And a lot of other bands are starting to do because of them. That's um, so... Yeah. See, I like... that. We, I was just talking to somebody about this. And I know it's, like, kind of cliche at this point. But... Um, uh, who who was talking about? Oh, the, a record that we just put out on Friday was a new Swamp Eyes record. And he's, like we can't really find a genre that's relevant that's like full record cuz it kind of goes comes and yeah. goes from like but but we're just calling it like folk uh folk punk yeah because it's like the kind of the closest thing that embodies the vibe yeah um 
but it's exciting when someone and I was telling I was telling actually a couple older guys this, so they were I was like trying to make them understand. And I was like, I mean, it's like taking folk instrumentation in in a lot of ways and like beefing it up with the attitude and then adding some screaming vocals and like just taking the whole thing and just like like just like turning it upside down like running with it you know what i mean like and i love like when people do like if somebody does that in country yeah but takes it into the emo it's like like making emo music with country yeah because they're very separate worlds exactly nobody really does that like yeah uh, another uh, a band or an artist i i guess his name's brody price okay Um, i have recently found him this year uh, and he dropped a record and it is he describes himself as doom country, <laughs> okay. uh, which like sounds like the most batshit thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like, are are you familiar with like shoegaze music very much? Mm-mm. So it's like, man, this is so hard to explain. But it's like, try you the, try. It's like really big uh, and like sludgy with like a lot of reverb and a lot of distortion mm-hmm. on certain parts. And then other parts, there's like, uh, he's got like a slide and okay. like, uh, like a lap steel and stuff like that. Oh, shit. Okay. And so it's like, it's really weird and it doesn't make any sense at all and it shouldn't work, but it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's his lyrical content? Is it uh, country? No, it's... Well, it's not like, More like stereotypical country. Like it's not like I, I took my girl to the to, to the, the bar, bar and, in my yeah. truck. Yeah. yeah, you know, thing. Uh it's more like introspective. Like it would okay. it would fit more with like the emo like okay. shoegaze sort of realm lyrically, uh, not stereotypically a country thing. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. But it's really cool. I recommend it if you haven't listened Brody, to Brody Brody Price. Brody Brody Price. After this you might have to send me some records I will, of, for sure. of in this. Okay, so let's go back because I really want to know. So you're uh, you're going through the gauntlet, then at some point you start taking over. Oh, you <laughs> learn. You start learning how to book shows, and then yeah. you start. Yeah. So doing. I the best way I learned to do it was just by meeting people and like actually becoming people's friend. Yeah, uh, cause which like, takes five years sometimes. Sometimes it yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> there are people that like at one of those indie shows that I was referencing, like one of the few good ones that you kind of hit. Uh, we just met a guy who like would book, and yeah, he we would just reach out to him. And he would reach out to us if we needed something, and mm-hmm. it's uh, just occasionally you get that one good connection. And if it doesn't work with them, they can give you a different connection. And then through that, you kind of just, the tree expands until yeah. you get an arsenal of people that are your friends with that are in this other scene uh, that you can help them and they can help you in different ways. Yes, dude. I think you're right. And like, I was just talking to somebody about this too, because I think a lot of young bands um, get under a false, they get under a false assumption that at some point, even if they have some success, like, we should be getting paid X amount to do certain gigs or whatever, which yeah. I mean, certain gigs. Okay. Maybe you should be getting paid some money for sure for like some, for your time or for whatever the gigs offer or whatever the what's asking of you. But like there, I, I, I mean like show, like if, like what you said, if you play a show and you might not get paid, but you drove all the way to Nashville, you, everybody chips in on gas, you gotta buy food, all this shit. And you're, you're probably losing money. Yeah. Maybe you make a 60 bucks to put back in the tank yeah but like there's probably a good chance somebody that you're gonna meet there or another band that you play with or like just some random shit that occurs is going to further your career somehow and i think the 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 thing to not do is to 
get hung up on like they're not paying us we're not going yeah because like as soon as you stop saying no i feel like this things are gonna dry up unless you're literally so busy that you can't say yes or like there's circumstances at play but like or if it's or if you really are you've outgrown some sort of thing in your career but man i just feel like it's like it's so beneficial to go out even if you're not making any money because you're gonna meet people i mean maybe not playing in a tiny bar somewhere randomly but like a venue and there's other bands yeah it's probably gonna be fruitful i hate being that guy that's like oh you don't need money when you first start off because like nobody wants to hear that and like it's so tired to say like like don't do it for the money at first but like especially me being a photographer as well like that's something that's so ingrained in like photography is like you need like if you're shooting for people you need to make sure that you're getting your rate blah 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 (laughs) stuff like that and like that's that's important and i don't want to tell people not to do that but when you first start off as a band if this is like your first band and you don't understand really what's going on uh and you don't have like a mentor or like another band helping you out with things just figure it out by messing up yeah probably the best way to do it and like i think everybody needs to do that like the people who are in their second or third band have already done it so they don't need to do it for the third time so like they are obviously going to be more selective like they know what they're looking for yeah but like this is like amp was my first band so like amp was all of our first bands so Mm -hmm. like we made plenty of mistakes for the first like we're still making them but like yeah yeah for the first like three years it was just like we don't really know what's going on we're hopefully this will stick at some point uh and we're just gonna keep writing it out until it does because we like doing we love doing it obviously but uh i think you it's necessary to to have those really low points in order to like get higher later on yes i agree like uh, one one example I tell younger artists sometimes, uh, maybe I've said this fucking twice, but it always comes up in my mind of like like so one of my best friends is a painter, a visual Cooper. He's a painter. Oh, yeah. He when we I lived with him when he was first starting out. We lived in Miami and he was just getting into murals. And for his first mural, he's like, um, I'm gonna paint the living room wall of this apartment we were renting renting in, and okay sounds good you know and i asked the landlord he's like i don't care what you do just paint it back when you leave that's cool uh so that's what we did and then but then he after posting that then he would get an then he could show that okay now i can which he paid for that whole thing okay now i can show that i can do this and i can get a small wall yeah gets a small wall at a crossfit gym and the guy's like dude you could paint the whole front of the building if you want but i can't buy any paint because i'm just getting started too like i just bought this fucking gym and he really was he was a cool guy so cooper had to spend the 500 bucks on paint or whatever it was uh but but always filmed it always filmed it always shot the always shot photos of it always captured it to then use it as promotion for future gigs and uh when he was on he was on the podcast and we were talking about that and he's like dude i had to put up my own money for my own shit for years yeah. you know and like that's what sorry i had some fucking technical difficulties here <laughs> with this fucking microphone i knocked it when i was getting passionate about <laughs> yeah, my you, talk you got really you know chopped it dude <laughs> but um but yeah just like not being afraid to like spend the money to get yourself in a position to get some fucking credit under your feet you know sure. like i feel that like i have this show coming up on sunday 
I'm so in over my head on what I fucking did. I had to cancel a few aspects of it. I had to kind of can those because it was getting too complex. But, and, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and he's like, what's your first showcase, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, you got to expect that it's like things are going to go wrong. You're going to lose money. Like things are going to happen. It's not going to be this super successful million people show up type thing. And I was like, you're right. You know, he's like, just focus on making it a great thing. And I would think the same. Like, if you have to pay to get your band to fucking Kansas City and you put up all the money you made that week to get each other, you know, to get yourselves there, when you get there, just make the fucking most of it. Yeah. And meet a couple people and, like, find some value in it, follow some people, get them to follow you, and then, like, that was your weekend. Yeah. And then go do it again in a month or something. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I mean, whenever we were playing these, like, these bumfuck places that, like, Mm the shows didn't require us to put as much energy as we gave them. Uh, and I think that's really important is to like, I mean, God, this is so overdone, but like, if Dude, you it's don't, important. if you don't give it your all, like every time it's not worth it. Like if you get frustrated at the situation and you just kind of like lackadaisically play uh, like a seven song set or whatever for these like 12 people, none of the 12 people are going to remember you just like you're not going to remember them. Exactly. Uh, So like that's why we got the connections we did is because like every time we play, we're passionate about it because you guys go hard. Yeah, we love doing it. So like we're going to love doing it every single time. Uh, And obviously sometimes not as much as others, but like it's still you're still playing the music. Uh, that you love with people that you love, you should treat it like that. Yes. Yeah. It's still like the funnest, if it's what you like doing, it's like the funnest thing you could be doing that yeah. night. Hopefully like it's what you like it. doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're up there, you know, you're, you're in the band, but it's like, dude, that's the coolest thing that you're doing. I mean, For and sure. I think too, like keeping that, uh, mind state. And I actually, I had to remind myself cause I was getting kind of doom and gloomy last week on the whole show thing I got coming up just on attendance and shit. And, uh, I had to remind myself, like, why did you do this in the first place? Yeah. Like, you didn't do it to sell tickets. Yeah. I never once was like, I'm going to sell tickets. That's yeah. what I'm going to have an event. You know, I mean, you have to financially. But uh, the whole point of the event was because I went to Louder Than Life and yeah. was fucking blown away by how dope it was. And I thought, oh, man, I should do something like this in Evansville someday, which that's not today, but, (laughs) but like recreate the, what I felt like I was experiencing there, just the experience. Yeah. I want to bring that back to our area. Like just that feeling was why I did it. So then I, then that gave me the energy or the, the, like the refocus to be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry so much about the ticket sales, dude. Just, like, fucking let it go. Whoever comes, comes. But just focus on the show. Like, make it a great time. And one thing I... So, I went to a show um, recently that was... It was not the most exciting thing I've ever been to. And I told my friend, I thought, uh, you know... It's kind of what you said. It's like, if if you're going to do this, like, we're all here. We all were here to see a show. Do something crazy. Like, make it so memorable. Like, just make it fun and memorable. You're up there. We're all watching it. You're on stage. Like, let her go, man. Like, let it rip. You know? Let's just see some fun shit. Yeah, give it your all. And, like, and let's, let's have a great time. And you can, dude, I just don't, I mean... 
it's easy to be to say this on the outside looking in, but as an audience member, you can feel it. I mean, you can feel when someone's just like not really into it, playing the same shit they always play, and here we go, and we're done. It is so obvious, and uh, especially whenever it's like if a band feels like it's like they're giving it, they're all. And then there's just like one or two members and it's like, you yeah. don't want to be here. Like yes. I can so yeah. tell that you don't want to be here. And that always sucks. Cause it's like, that might just be their personality. Like maybe they, maybe they are having the time of their life, but they're like, I don't like real reclusive, I don't know. but like, I don't yeah, know. You should yeah. be able to, it's not like you don't have to be an extrovert to be in a band, but like right. you have to be vulnerable. And yes. so like, yes. if you're not like giving it your all and like feeling like you're giving it your all, I, it's not really worth it. <laughs> Agree, because you know, like, there's some bands with like older guys, maybe, or I don't know, like, uh, for sure. Uh, do you know who Dirty Honey is? I don't. Okay, they're like a, uh, they're kind of like a Greta Van Fleet style okay. American rock, and uh, I saw them at, at Louder Than Life. I remember thinking, like, their guitar player looks bored, but as the show went on, I realized, no, he just is chill. Yeah. But like he was sweating, like he's at the front of the stage and he's just like getting it. You know, I'm like, no, 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 that dude's not bored. That dude is fucking in it. He just is not like other people who are yeah. jumping up and down and running back and forth. You know, he's just. But you can energy. tell. You can tell that from like an audience member. Like even if it's not the same thing as like somebody like jumping every three seconds or like running back and forth. Yes. You, people have their different types of stage presence, and you can feel whether they're giving it. Like they should be or not? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like there, like there are so many drummers that just like sit back there and just kind of like chill in the pocket and are just like really good drummers. But like, I mean, it, it's not the easiest to have like a great stage presence as a drummer because like yeah. you're you're stuck. But like, you can tell whenever it's like I'm a chill drummer and I'm like just sitting here with the band and enjoying this <laughs> versus like I am dreading every moment of the song and I'm just playing a backbeat. Yeah, well, that's what, uh, uh, at the same show, I was thinking that, I'm like, yeah, this drummer's super good. Like, he's really technical. He hasn't missed a fucking beat and his tempo is locked in, but, like, it isn't exciting, yeah. you know? It's just, like, there's a real difference. And I think, too, and, boy, it comes out when you're making a record, like, um, like to get that performance, because... Because you think, well, we're on a record, it, it you know, who cares? Like, it's just like, get it right. Yeah. But it's like, dude, it's got to be the thing. It's got to be sure. the take, because someone's gonna hear this, and I don't care if they're not in music, they know. They just Absolutely. fucking they've listened to so much good music over their lifetime. You can feel it. Oh yeah, they. It's like their 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 bullshit meter is like tuned in. You <laughs> oh know? for sure, especially now with how much music there is. Exactly. You you take in so much, so it's like it's a lot easier to gauge whether it's like authentic or not. Right. Authentic is probably the best word. Like it's really somebody playing their dick off. You know, yeah. like going for it. You know, <laughs> yeah. even if it's not the, you know, whatever. You can just still really hear their yeah. performance, especially through. for drums. I. It's yes. harder as much for like other instruments but like drums are such like a an emotive instrument like you oh, yeah. can really feel what like the drummer is feeling i mean i'm biased as a yeah. drummer obviously when you listen to records as a drummer do you listen to the drums i first thing or do you like i had a conversation with somebody else about this not that long ago and it's so hard for me to like imagine but I think I, I boiled it down to I can kind of switch it 
off and on. Yeah. Because, uh, like, I am always going to hear the drums, like, immediately. <laughs> right? Like, so if somebody plays me something, like, I'm going to listen to as much of it as I can. But, like, it is always going to be in the forefront of my mind. Like, yeah. If the drummer... Because, like, I always... Uh, again, I'm a drummer, so, like, obviously yeah. I have a bias. But, like, I, I think... Uh, a good drummer makes a good band great. Mm. A bad drummer makes a good band bad. Yeah. Like, you can't be a good band with a bad drummer uh, and still expect it to be perceived the same way. Like, yep. I think most other instruments, and even vocals to a certain extent, you can kind of get away with being, like, right down the middle and being, like, yep. fine and getting away with it. But, like, if you were just fine at drums or like not a very experienced it is a lot harder to keep up like i feel like you are like the heart of the band so if like if you aren't keeping up with the rest of the band it's a lot harder for them to keep up with you as well dude i think that that's pretty damn spot on because like a singer can say as long as they're being authentic use it the word again <laughs> like it's like, well, that's his voice. Yeah. But if you're drumming back there and you're out of fucking whack, it's yeah. hard to say, that's just him. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> like, he's just doing his thing. Yeah. Because we're so, we're rhythmic people, like we're rhythmic creatures. Yeah. Like we have to have that. Okay. Okay. Now I know where we're at. Like, it's like, okay, it's been set. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now I'm Like you set everything. Like, you it do. Is, like the yeah. song is built around drums, whether they're like in the whole song or not, even if they're not there for part of it, once the drums come in, that is when the song, like you feel comes. the song differently. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I know like even like, uh, even if the bass player isn't the greatest bass player, as long as the drummer's fucking getting it, the bass can just kind of yep. hang out. Just play the root. And, Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to bass players. No, no. But just, you know, get in there and, and but it's funny that you say like switch it on and off. Cause like, um, Somebody was asking me this question recently uh, about, like, when you listen to music, what do you listen to? And um, I was talking about John Denver. And I was like, mm. well, John Denver's a case where, like, Rocky Mountain High, you know that song? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you could sing it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I've, uh, I've heard that song a million times. But, uh, like, sometimes I can just sit back and, like, take it in as an experience and feel like I am 27 years old, like the songs narrated, you know, by John. And I'm out in the mountains, and I'm really taking in this scenery, and I can feel that. And then sometimes I can really, like, uh, see the mix, and I can see he's got a guitar on the left playing this. It goes away. The guitar on the right, it's a stand-up bass. He's got a little yeah. triangle. You know, it's like I can hear all of the, and I can see it, and I can see the revert. Like, I can visualize it as a track, and at that point, I'm not really experiencing no. the thing. It's like watching a movie and watching what the background character's doing over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it takes absolutely. you out of the movie, but you're really just paying attention to the pieces of it versus the what it is for sure you know? i think coming with like the background knowledge of being like a producer and like a mixing engineer uh comes like a different perspective on stuff like that too like any like normal quote-unquote normal obviously person typical yeah yeah who like is listening that, to that song like they could probably imagine that but like if even if they were to sit down and like listen to that song like 10 different times they probably wouldn't visualize it the same exact way right, that you do right right uh, and it's interesting how music can just really pull out like uh, personal bias in like really specific ways like that. Yeah. Um, like with the do I hear drums first in a song? It's like 
obviously I'm going to listen to every single song differently than every other person will, even other drummers. Like, it's weird that we don't uh, hear songs the same way, even though they're showed to us the same way. It's kind of like the, do you see the same color as somebody else sort of thing? Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Like, the same goes for music, where it's like, I can show you a song, and even if we have, like, the exact same music taste and we love all the same bands, you might not like this the same way I do. Yeah, dude, you're right. I mean, dude, what's funny, you made me just think, like, think about, okay, Christmas music. Rockin' Around the Christmas... Tr- no, 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 not that one. Jingle, Jingle Bell Rock? Bell. No, it is Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. That's uh, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. <laughs> okay, so we played it for the first time, like, a week ago, upstairs. Well, like, when I was... Like, we played it and I was paying attention. As in, like, on the radio, you didn't, like, pull out the instruments? No, no, we... Yeah, I, I, put, it, I put it on my, on my phone and played it on the sound system. Just want to make sure. And, uh, I, you know, I mean... I feel if you grew up in America, you've heard that song a lot. For sure. You just know it. It's yeah. just there in the DNA. But over the past six months or so, or maybe like four months, I've been into like productions that are dense and real instruments and how does it sound in the space, uh, kind of atypical of the modern sound that we are pretty that like most that a lot of music is made in and uh so we turned that song on the other day and i was like oh my god like and i could tell my wife is like what like it's (laughs) rocking around the christmas tree what is revolutionary about this (laughs) i'm like listen to how they did that i'm like the fucking saxophone sounds like a voice you know (laughs) wow wow and just like the the sound of the record, I'm like, this is like it was like shocking to me how <laughs> awesome that song was. But what's funny is, I've heard that song a billion times. I've yeah. never heard it like that. I have no clue what you're talking about right now. I think that <laughs> makes it so much better because like I'm like trying so hard to remember what part of "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree" <laughs> sounds like that. But like even just the when the record came on. Bah, and I was, but I, I was just imagining the musicians in a room and bringing this sound to life. You yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't okay. I want to lay down the drums. All right, sounds good. Let's lay down the bass part. Yep, sounds good. It's not, you know, they weren't building. It's yeah. like vroom, it's alive, yeah. and that's what I could feel. And I was just thinking, like, God, this fucking energy is so good. Like, yeah, how do I, how do I? do that yeah take now, that. i don't want to make that record but I, how do i take <laughs> cover jingle bell rock that, yeah <laughs> <laughs> or rock oh, around the christmas street whichever yeah, one was. Both <laughs> them, yeah honestly all of them it's like but that that old that that way of just making magic in a fucking room and capturing our, i'm like that is where like that is really interesting to me right now for sure know? i think live recordings are are really really sick um all of amps stuff that we have done has been mostly live um, really yeah so we did uh solera the project that we released earlier this year mm-hmm. we recorded uh with nate hicks shout out nate hicks um, he's in town yes dude yeah um, dude that record sounds great thank you thank yeah. you very much really <laughs> i'm is. really proud of it <laughs> so yeah. uh we recorded that all instruments were in the same room live um like obviously we had like headphones on and like the amps were separated and stuff okay uh, but like it's so important. I mean, you've seen us live, but like for us, it's so important to capture what we have live in yeah. the recording. Cause like, uh, 
we're a very energetic band, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard to have that translate. Like you mentioned earlier, and uh, this, it's it's hard to capture that feeling and that emotion when it's just like, all right, drums, all right, guitar, whatever's yeah. next. Yeah. Uh, so like having like being able to make eye contact with the band members, like I would when we're live is like so important and vital for us getting the emotion across. Yes. Uh, and I think that's why it works as well as it does is cause it's like, you can tell, like you can feel that we feel it as well. Hopefully. Yeah. At least. yeah it comes through on the record. Like, uh, you know, and it makes me think that maybe that's not necessary for all types of music. For like sure. if you're, um, you know, if you're if you're in Nashville and you're building, like, there's some great sounding records, and I'm pretty sure they were not live tracked with oh, all the yeah. musicians in the room. Well, one record I really like, Hardy's record. Uh, I think a lot of that was made during COVID over the internet. You know, really? so like that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm a. I, well, I, there's no way that they were on the room, right? You know. Yeah. But yeah. but then there's but then I think of like a rock band or or you know like like what you guys do. Yeah. Your sound was born out of the chemistry of you guys being together. For sure. You know, it's like that's what makes the sound. So it would. So if that's what makes the sound, and it's been formed over live show after live show and after years. If that's the sound, if that's the thing that is a modest proposal, if we piece it together or if we piece it apart and record it like that and try to piece it back together, it's like we're kind of missing we're missing the magic that yeah. is what we're recording. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's really important. Like like you said, not everybody needs to do it. Like obviously it it's different per band. Like every yeah. band is gonna feel it out differently and like uh, certain drummers, especially like a lot of drummers, are really particular about that, and they they want to have it perfect, and they want to be able to like cut in and cut out on certain spots. Mm. Uh, but like, I never play any of our songs the same way ever, uh, mm-hmm. which like sucks sometimes. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> if someone's really into a certain fill, yeah, and they your show, they're like, <laughs> literally, I'll see people that. air drumming, and I'm like, oh, you've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but like. W- with that, I think there's like a like a hidden beauty of being able to just record the one thing, yeah, and being yeah. like, oh, well, that's what I'm playing on the record. So like, it is that on the record. It might not be when we play it live. I think that's okay. If you don't, too bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you're, it, you're gonna get something else. And when it's a good recording as well. So so well, and like in your case, so you did this with Nate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to meet Nate. He's a really cool guy. He has a show. On Friday, I think. He's in Together in Dust. Also, shout out Together in Dust. Where are they playing at? Uh, Lamasco. Okay. I've actually been wanting to go back to a show at Lamasco post events that have occurred there yes. in recent times. Like, <laughs> there's, there's been a I lot. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been back in a while. But uh, I think it's Lamasco. I might have... Actually, I might have made that up. He might not be playing. Oh, wait, no. he's play- <laughs> I, I'm conflating two different shows. He's playing with us on the 30th. Okay. Where are you guys playing? Uh, it's for a. Um, it's at the skate park, the gift. Um, gift in Owensboro? Yes. Yes. Or okay. Henderson. Maybe Henderson. Owensboro. <laughs> I, you think I would know more about this? Yes, dude. <laughs> There's a lot going on in I everybody's <laughs> mind uh, right now. So we'll just check the Instagram for yeah. those. For yeah, those just follow details. us or something. <laughs> but so it, does Nate have a studio in Evansville? Uh, yeah. So he, he did. He had like a, like a basement sort of studio um, with at somebody else's house. I don't know exactly the logistics of it, but I'm not going to like speak on behalf of what he's doing. Yeah. I think he's building something now though. Okay. Um, so he, he is still doing stuff. I don't know exactly where he's at though. 
Damn, are you serious, dude? We fucking did an hour already. Damn, that flew by. <laughs> oh, we haven't even got to the first question yet. <laughs> but uh, no, we can keep going. But um, but that's cool. Like, I would really like to meet him because the record sounds freaking good, and um, there's just not tons of people in our area doing yeah this sort of work. Yeah, there's like so three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's good to. It'd be nice to. But so you said like. Like in that case, um, did you guys have to do each track multiple times to get the right take? Um, some of them, most of them, I'll say. Um, like we we didn't. So like the the holy piece thing is like that. All of the songs kind of flow together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like there's technically five songs. One of them's an interlude, but like the point yeah. is that they all like back to back to back. We didn't play it like a twenty minute set or anything. Uh, we did all right. the songs individually, and then like. Obviously, some of the guitars are layered in. The vocals weren't done live. Um, yeah. And, like, a couple other different things, like, just layered in. Um, but, like, the, the chunk of the songs were was done live. Um, did you have vocals placed when you recorded live, or was it just... We... So, we did those... Actually, I'm trying to remember. We recorded this in, like, Last 2020. Year. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I think. It might be... 20, yeah, it was 21. Or 2020. Okay. Uh so like we we waited a while because like we wanted to be able to tour off of it, okay. Uh, and with like COVID and everything happening, it just kind of postponed everything. Yeah, which like it did for everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we uh, we did most of the songs a few times. Realistically, we've been playing most of those songs already for like two or three years together. Um, not all of them, but like most of them. Like we had been playing Moonwaves for like two years already live, and okay. same with My Shell. So it's like. We already knew those ones. Okay. Uh, and so, like, I think we got my shell first try. Like, it was, like, one and done. We already know what we're doing. We don't need to do it again. Yeah. Uh, but, like, for Earthbound, I remember it took us a, a several tries. Like to none get of them, the right one. Yeah, to get, like, the one that we all felt good about. Because, like, <clears throat> with four members of a band all playing, like, this, like, very intensive song that, like, changes a lot, uh, somebody's going to fuck up. Like, it's easy to get off at one point. Or yeah, <laughs> like there's there's three and a half minutes of the song. Somebody's gonna mess up. We we're not that familiar with it, but like for the most part, we, we averaged probably about like four or five times, and then we probably felt comfortable. Maybe a little bit more on a few of them. But okay, cool. I like that though. I like the it's the it's it's the reverse of uh some people's record making where like they're in the studio, they write it in the studio, then they record it, then they go tour it. Uh, I like the opposite too, where, where we are, we've played the shit out of these songs. Now we're coming in and lay them down yeah. and then we'll, you know, go back and tour even more for sure based on the record. But like, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I, that, and that makes sense to me as a band who's live recorded. Yeah. We're tight as fuck. We got this locked in. Yeah. You kind of have to. Yeah. You have to, like, if you're going to go in knowing that you're live recording, you need to, like, play the hell out of the songs. Because, yeah. like, if you're not going to be familiar with the songs, you're not going to be able to do it in a day or something, or, like, a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would almost wonder, and maybe it is, because I do, I've only live recorded, uh, I did a Sunflower Syndrome record over the summer that was live recorded. Yes. Which just never came out. So Mason, what the fuck? Put the damn record out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I've people have asked me how that record go. I'm like, I thought it went well, and then I talked to them. They're like, No, we like it. We're just waiting on the time to release it. We're like, Okay, let's. I'm ready. But uh, I know they're waiting. But uh, 
but that that one was live tracked um and I just think, like, dude, again, just the, I don't know how to capture the magic without at least live tracking the rhythm yeah. section. I mean, I guess you can catch some magic. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's some magic that goes away when you individually track. I, I think there's a, I, there's good things about both of them, obviously. Like, I think, like, Camzen, our recording process, we also released an album earlier this year. Yeah. Um. And the recording process for that was like the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Jacob, who is like the front man of the band, he did pretty much all of the writing for that album. Okay. Uh, whereas like Amp, we all write everything. Like okay. Like I mean, obviously, I'm not writing like guitar parts or anything, but like <laughs> we all, for the most part, help in with like lyrics or like if they have a drum part idea, I'll like base my drums around it. Or if I have like a relative like guitar idea i'll yeah. sing it for them like in the worst way possible uh but like we all but write a communal very much yeah. like 25 percent, 25 percent sort of thing yeah uh whereas like cam's in it's like i like we are all very much equal still in that band but like jacob has an idea and we kind of go from there with it um, gotcha so, like he sent me demos of like the nine songs uh, with, I, without drums? Yes. Or okay. like a couple of them had uh, like MIDI drums okay. that he just like did on his computer and he was like, I think these, like this rough idea sounds cool. This style, like, yeah. Yeah, and I was this. like, okay, sure. And I kind of based it around there, but there was like two songs maybe that I had like practiced and like knew exactly what I wanted to do. But for the rest of it, I like we wrote in the studio and did okay. it all very separately. And I think it comes across very differently than like the amp EP does, mm-hmm. uh, but like in a good way, I think, because mm-hmm. I, I think there's something cool about being able to to write and like feel it out and like really be like true to yourself the day of. Yeah, because um, like that's not like not everybody can do that, and not everybody translates as well. Like me myself, I think I'm better off whenever I play it several times over and over. But like it, it brings out something that I wouldn't do normally if I just force myself to do it the day of. That's true, yeah. Like a spontaneity for that sure. occurs. A good yeah, that's it. true. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember one time it was when I first started working with the Strangers, uh, and it ended up being the bass track for their song "Sweet Holly." We were in Ryland's, uh, the guitar player's grandma's house in Newburgh, and uh, that's the only, I didn't have this house yet, so that was the only place we could record that day. And I really didn't know what I was doing back then, uh, at least recording a full band live. And uh, the and Noah, the original drummer, didn't really have his part locked in. The structure wasn't really quite laid out yet. There was no vocals yet. Uh, they just kind of had this idea, you know, like this coarse idea. Like there was just some rough ideas going around. Yeah. And then in the moment, it was like we like I was helping them work out the arrangement, and then they were like locking it in as the evening went on and then nailed it at one point. That's and sick. we were all jumping around the living room like, Oh my God, dude, <laughs> you fucking got it. That is, you know, awesome. cause it was like, I was, I remember at one point, uh, I had a notebook with sections on it and I was pointing to Noah when it was time to do this, this, okay, now this, you know, yeah. like go to that. Like, yeah. and, and then they like you got it and it was like, yes. And that was the one that was like, let's just use that That's as the sick. basic, the basic build from there build from there yeah yeah, yeah. we replaced i think the guitars and then added vocals but it was like capturing that spont- spontaneous magic in the room i don't know i felt like i don't really know if we're ever going to capture that again for sure you know what i mean it was yeah. born in the moment 
and that's what we used. That is know? really cool. So I think there's something really cool too about just like writing and like feeling things out as well. Yeah. Like most of our songwriting, well, I can't say most anymore, but like a good amount of our songwriting comes from just like playing with each other and like having that chemistry that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it, it is, it's such a beautiful thing whenever it's, sh- it just works. Yeah. And like, you just like, everybody looks at each other. And it's just like, Oh shit. Like that's it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. like half of the stuff that we do is just like, from us the like that night like in the practice room or whatever just like jamming and then like you kind of look at each other and then like it'll be like uh, just a couple people in the band yep. like feel like something change and then the other two like look up and then it's like okay we know <laughs> we know exactly where this is going it's a feeling dude it's like a, oh <laughs> shit man we it's got so it now pretentious to be like oh just feel it but no, like, yeah it's it like is. but really i mean that is I was just with a um, a country artist down here last week, uh, two weeks ago, and we were trying something new. Uh, and at first, it was just like, like I'm looking at him, like, you know, I don't know, I just keep trying. I don't know, okay, I keep trying. <laughs> and then at one point, we listened back, and it just hit this, like it just dropped down. I don't know, it's like after the course, it just dropped down. I'm like, oh shit. He's like, yeah. You know, it's like now we're fucking getting yeah. somewhere, man. Sometimes but it, it just takes that one thing. It does, but up till that point, it's like I don't know, I don't know. like you're just like moving shit around, sludging yeah. through the just the chaos, and then they like clicks, and it's like, ooh, yeah, dude, this is nice. Like it, but it when you know, you know, it's like for yep, sure, yeah. And then you don't know, you go through mixing, or you know, if you work on it too far, then you start questioning yourself and a bunch of bullshit. But yeah. At first, when you're writing and it clicks, it's like, yep, yep. Yeah, we is- we have adopted a rule in the amp house uh, that's don't change shit just to change shit. Because mm. we, for the longest time... Oh, that's good. Because we would just like... We would have a song and we'd be like, this song's fine. But it's like, it doesn't have that like spark to it. Yeah. Uh, we've gone through this with a million different songs. Like we, we, it's a good thing and a bad thing. We write a million songs a week. Like it just happens. <laughs> uh, and like creative guys. Yeah. Like, well, cause like whenever you're, whenever you have so much chemistry with people, it's just like you play and you like, you're like, oh, that was cool. I like that. Let's make it a song. And then you forget it. Um, cause <laughs> we're just stupid. <laughs> uh, but like, or you just think of a new one, and you're like, yeah, let's just go with it. Yeah, it yeah. just, like, takes the place of the one that was cool a second ago. Or Exactly. Uh, I forgot what I was going Shit, with Shit, dude. This. I'm sorry. I fucking <laughs> interrupted you. <laughs> it wasn't going anywhere huge. <laughs> yeah, chemistry. Oh, fuck, I'm sorry. No, dude. I fucking stepped on your toes, <laughs> came in there with a stupid comment. It's okay. I do this all the time. Yeah. It'll come back to me at okay, some point. Good. Okay, let's, let's switch gears for a second. So. Yeah. We were talking about this when you first got here. I was first introduced to you through Hayden Crane of then Moose Lewis, now Moose yes. Collective. Yes. Um, and he asked me to come record his set at Fuchsia. And then uh, I had never met you. And he's like, you should meet Darren. So we met. And then um, then we talked about recording the whole thing. Yes. Uh, so one thing that I... I feel about Fuchsia. Um, so it was like my first introduction into the music, into the real music scene of Evansville, into mm-hmm. like the ground level. Here's what's happening. Here's quite a the few people involved in the current scene. Because like up before then, I was just hanging out with like a couple people I knew yeah. who made music, which 
is part of a scene, but like not the broader scope. Not the broader scope. Yeah. yeah. And I had just moved to Evansville. Uh, well, I'd been living in Evansville, I guess we for like a year. Then we had just bought this house. Um, but like, why? What? I don't know if I ever asked you this, but like, what made you want to do that festival? Because it's the second year you've done it. Yes. It grew. Yes. You got a sure. food truck. You got a <laughs> fucking bigger sound system. Yes. More, more, more people. Yes. Uh, overall artists and attendees. It's growing every year. So, like, yeah. what, what made you do this in the first place? Uh, so, at the time, uh, there was like nothing in Evansville really. Like, there was occasional shows, like every so often, mm-hmm. there'd be like a little Masco show or like. A, I don't even think Boca was really doing shows at the time. I think it was like word of coming mouth. Out of, was it coming out of COVID too? Yeah, it was like essentially coming out of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. So like n- nobody was really doing that much. Um, it was like to the point where like people felt comfortable doing shows after uh-huh. COVID, but n- nobody was doing them. Yep. Uh, like everybody was cool with it, but nobody was actually like making it happen. Um, and I just, I don't know. There's a... We, we mentioned it earlier. Whenever you go and, like, see another band or something, you kind of get this, like, inspiration and, like, this feeling. Uh, yeah. Like, when you went to Louder Than Life, it's, like, uh-huh. you just, like, you feel it and you're, like, man, I want to bring this somewhere else. And, oh, like, yeah. I'm not trying to, like, recapture the magic of, like, a specific event, like, a spe- specific event or anything. But, yeah. like, uh, I just think, especially at the time, Evansville really needed something going on. So yeah. I was, like... I'm just going to put something together (laughs) and like, I'm not going to like open up a venue or anything. Like I do not have the capabilities to make that happen, but like at least something. And especially with like me being a photographer and being an amp, um, I wanted to help out the like art scene as well. Cause like, I'm not as that makes involved. a lot of sense now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not as involved with like the art scene as much as I would love to be, at least in Evansville. Um, like I've got a lot of friends like from social media and stuff like that. But like, yeah. do, are those real? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like, I wanted something to like cater to both, and also like give people a platform. Really, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, and at the time, a fuchsia. Uh, there were five bands that played. I think that year, mm-hmm. and besides us i didn't know i had never heard any of them live really yes except uh no at the time whenever i booked everybody i had not heard any of them live wow uh, which had, like you had shih tzu you had sluice you had um moose moose and fleshhole fleshhole and amp but and amp, obviously yep. <laughs> yep. i've heard of them <laughs> well, the other ones were yeah you hadn't heard the others yeah so like i Dude, was that's f- awesome cuz now thinking yeah. back i'm like oh that was a great it was a great lineup. Yeah, it was a it, it was like a really big mixed bag, and I, yeah. that's kind of what I was going for. Because like, there's so much in Evansville when it comes to like music variety, and a lot of it gets like swept under the rug mm-hmm. because like so much happens in like the hardcore scene here, which is awesome, and I love it. But like, not enough really goes on for the rest of DIY stuff, mm-hmm. and so like, I wanted to be able to showcase that a little bit more as well, uh, and I wanted to to give younger bands and bands that didn't have as much experience like a platform to hopefully play for more people um and like i didn't know that fuchsia would have like as good of a turnout like it blew me away the first year like i had no clue um but like i just wanted to like give them something at least you know yeah um right i mean like like a band like uh a band like flesh hole or uh moose you know like at the time i think that might have been 
It might have been Moose's like second show. Yeah, or I think like it was. That. I think they literally played like the month before, and that was the first time. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah, it's just and it's giving, uh, and 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 two, it's like a fucking networking event. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's what it's turned into for me. It's like yeah. I met, I met you. I met Mason. I met all the dudes from Fleshhole. But then like I met Gary from Shih Tzu. Mm-hmm. I met. Um, Rest in peace, know. by the way. They just had their last show. Yes, I know. That's sad they're, to see. Yeah, they're spreading out, I guess. Yeah. Gary's, I think Gary's moving to India. He or did, something. yeah. He moved in. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. <laughs> no, I <laughs> mean, because, dude, damn, they were. Yeah, they, they did rock. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Sluice, I mean, I kind of already knew Mitch from Sluice, from Moose Lewis. I'd worked with them, but it, it's just. It, but even all the artists, like yeah. I've met the artists, and everybody comes with such an open heart and an open mind, and um, it's a great fucking vibe that yeah. you've created. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to obviously, I want to keep doing as much as I can for it, and I want to, I want to keep having new people and new bands, and like mm-hmm. uh, broaden it more. Who knows, like what's in store for it next year like i'm already planning for stuff and like god knows if i'm even going to do half the stuff that i'm thinking about doing. <laughs> uh, but like i i, w- I want to keep growing it uh to the point where like it is like a cool thing that like happens people, every year yeah that people in evansville can like look forward to or even people like around evansville necessarily yeah yeah because uh, like this year spoiler for <laughs> fuchsia i guess i'd like to have some more out of town bands like mm-hmm. i want fuchsia at its core to be a local like show thing mm-hmm. like something for for local bands and local artists and local people to feel like as a celebration of like evansville music and art culture yeah um like at its core i want that to be the thing but i also with that i want to integrate like other semi-local scenes so like mm-hmm. having like a band from like indy or like louisville or cincinnati wherever like because we're like the hub of so many other bigger cities oh yeah it'd be really within cool. driving distance of like equal driving distance. Yeah. Like two hours, two and a half hours, pretty much every direction you get somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and it'd be really cool to be able to integrate that, their scene with ours in other ways mm. and like help them network and help us network with those areas as well. Yeah. So like having uh, bands meet artists from over here, it's like, oh, well, I did artwork for a band in wherever. Yeah. Uh, or like vice versa. It's like now these bands can get shows with those bands and vice versa. It's just like, I- I'd like to connect as many uh, music scenes as possible while also still really catering to Evansville at, at the core of it. That's a good idea. I, dude, that's something I've been thinking about a lot is like to build a local music scene, it also has to have a, like we also have to have some form of people coming in to play here. For sure. You know, like it's not just the music scene is going to exist with us all playing for each other you yeah, know absolutely i mean like you need those other we because we need to go out yes. so they need to come in yeah, you know you don't and, want the local curse or anything no exactly exactly and like uh uh you know because i was thinking about this too some guy um i haven't met him yet but he's putting on he's a promoter from like tell city he's an older fellow putting on a show at the astra theater in like february uh with like a country singer songwriter Ward Davis, I think is the guy's name, but I don't know. But I don't, maybe that guy knows Ward Davis. I'm not sure, but he, this promoter, is renting out the Astro Theater, bringing in Ward Davis, bringing in somebody else, and he's just throwing the event. And I thought it inspired me. I'm like, oh yeah, like you could just pay 
a band that you like if they're open to it, if they're available. Yeah. But like, say that there's a band who lives in fucking New York. I don't even know, like somewhere. Yeah. Who would for five thousand dollars come to Evansville to play a show, and but if you had the right plan, and you sold tickets and you marketed it really well and you had a cool venue, you could bring in this band to play here. And they'll get paid, so it's just a gig for them. But then maybe you plug like one or two local bands with them. They yeah. meet this bigger band. The bigger band now knows about Evansville, and it's like, you know, maybe the other bands make a little bit of money or whatever. But yeah. it's like, like we're it's like keeping because we have the we have the really big shit, and then we have the really really small shit. Or like nothing but there's between. like nothing. There's this huge middle section for sure. For where sure. there's like. A lot of artists exist in that, in a ton of genre, in every genre. Yeah. That middle ground, that like we just don't have much of that, like coming through. Here coming through. Yeah. We don't really have that much of a, like a of a infrastructure to host stuff like that, like medium sized venues. We don't really have any. Yeah. But there's um, really, unfortunately, I wish there was more venues in Evansville. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the, the Evansville curse is like every five years, there's going to be a venue that opens and a venue that closes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think we're in a lull right now because ever since PG closed, there hasn't been like a true venue uh, no. prior to anything else. Yeah. Like all of them are like bars or restaurants or like something else, which is like cool, but like none it's of nice. them, yeah, none of them are just for music. Which is unfortunate. Exactly. Like it's it's better than nothing, but yes. it is it is a hindrance for for example, there's a band I'm talking to out of Tennessee or out of Nashville who I want to play here, but their manager he said literally in an email yesterday, uh, but we're not looking for because I sent him a few ideas of the region in a couple in Evansville. He's like, unfortunately, we're really trying to avoid restaurants with a stage. And he classifies La Masco as, as a restaurant. restaurant with the stage, yeah. you know, and Boca. So I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Well, the next something. step up is like the Victory Theater. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a, a big lead. It's like 1,900 <laughs> seats. Just take them to the Ford Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. We're going to do 8,000 seats or whatever. Yeah. The, but it's like the, like the jump goes from cl- like small club to... Yes. But there's no like 500 ish no. seats, and I've talked about this to verbatim with several people on this podcast. But it's because like it's it's something that we need. Like it just yeah. we it's a need. It really is if we want to continue building this music scene for sure for what it is. You know. Yeah. Uh, earlier you mentioned the whole like paying a band to come through and everything. Yeah. Um, it, that reminded me of two different things. The first one is just really funny. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard the story about, you know, the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Uh, so they played a show in Alaska at some point. I, th- I might have, this might be made up, but somebody else told me this. Okay. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to we'll hear it. Uh, they played Alaska and like, obviously Alaska is for the most part, pretty barren. Like there's yeah, not a ton really going is. on there. Yeah. Uh, and so like they pretty much just played up there to play up there, like just for the fun of it. <laughs> uh, and there are no local bands that are in Alaska. <laughs> and so they ended up getting like these like high schoolers, this like high school band, uh, that had like never really played a real show before. They just like released music. And I guess they were like bombarding them through emails and they were like, hey, let us play. Let us play. Please, we'd love to play. And they're like, well, we're sh- the only band in the area. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're like, shit, I mean, we need an opener. And so, like, these, like, 
17, 18 year old kids got to open for the Foo Fighters. Oh my God. That's which is badass, incredible. Dude. That's so <laughs> badass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just like a like a dream come true, I imagine, oh, yeah. for those kids. That's the one time that it works to have a band, like to have a band in a place where there's no music scene. Yeah. Because it's the like, one time. You're not the only band <laughs> yeah. in the music scene. You can market it because nobody else is competing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing I was going to say is more, more localized to Evansville. Uh, Demolition Booking, which is also uh, Evansville shows on Instagram. Okay, okay. They do a really good job, I think, of getting like it, it's mostly hardcore stuff. So like, mm-hmm. if you're not into hardcore, that's what a good amount of it is catered to. Uh, but they they do a good job of getting a, like they have kind of revitalized a lot of like the local scene. Um, they have shows at, like Damsels. And yeah, stuff. they they do most of them at Damsels, which like Damsels, it, obviously it doesn't have a stage, so it's like a floor show, um, and it's like it's it's not meant for shows so okay. like obviously it's not going to be like the best sounding sort of thing yeah. but it's like it, it really gives off like the I, if you put enough into it like it, it works you know yeah like it's uh it's about it, it's very diy uh, yeah. which is cool but like they have a lot of really bigger like hard hardcore bands come through like i don't know if you've heard of orthodox uh but they're like a really big i saw their uh i got I saw that they were playing. Yeah, which is like really cool and like really good for like that scene. Mm. Um, it would just it would be cool to have like several other things going like that. You know what I mean? That's what I was thinking, and this is something that I've grown into believing as I've gotten older and less of a douchebag. Basically, <laughs> is like, uh, well, and it and it comes from being so obsessed with one style of music as a kid or yeah. as like a teenager. And then, which was electronic music, I was so obsessed in my early, like, my formative years with that, 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 like, now I don't listen to that, and I listen to basically everything else except hip-hop. I don't really listen to hip-hop. It's just, like, I did a lot when I was a kid, but it just doesn't, I don't know, I'm just not interested in it right now. But, um, but, but I, but I know, and I am happy that there is a small hip hop scene in Evansville. Yeah. And I just, to- I just talked with somebody recently who called me, uh, who got my number. Cause he said, I heard that you have put on some shows. I want to put on a hip hop show. I was looking for some pointers. I have some questions. And dude, this, this dude who's a little bit younger than me, he was like super bright and brilliant. And like, awesome. I was like, dude, yeah, you should just definitely run with this. Like, like he wants to build the hip hop scene, you yeah. know, and then there's a there's a hardcore scene, and then I don't really know what I'm up to yet, but like there's a there's a alternative <laughs> scene to both of those, yeah, 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 and uh, but like that's something I'm believing more and more as I get older is it's like a healthy music scene is a diverse one for sure. There's a hip hop, there's yeah. a rock, there's a country, like it's a multitude of scenes going on there's open mic nights because those are really fucking important yeah for young people or for starting new people i should say like it you for a healthy scene needs all of those moving parts in conjunction happening at the same time i think that was the the best thing about pg whenever it was alive is it was like riddled with everything like we played Mm. so many mixed bills there with just like I mean, a lot of them were out-of-town bands, but, like, bands that are just, like, 
genreless where it's like I it's so hard to describe them but then there's like they would also do like hip hop shows or they would do yeah. like indie rock shows and then like they'd have like crazy hardcore shows as well uh it was just such a like a a culturally diverse place with different music happening like essentially every single day of the week yeah. and that was so cool for the scene cuz like obviously when you're doing a show every single day it's not like most of them aren't going to be that great because yeah. like, nobody has the energy to do that. Right. But like with that. And like, you might have, like you said, you might have the same band playing three times. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. People are like, I'm not coming out. I was there last exactly. Tuesday. Yeah. You when know? you overplay, it's like people yeah. aren't going to come. But yeah. uh, it, it, it's really cool because uh, you get so much like there's, I think the coolest thing is, uh, sorry, I'm like really going off on a tangent. No, you're good, dude. Uh, you know, do you know Turnstile at all? They're like a, a bigger hardcore band gone more alternative okay okay uh but they recently went on a tour um with snail mail and jpeg mafia and snail mail is like as indie rock as it gets like okay very light uh like reverb guitar yeah like just like very different from turnstile like turnstile shows are like insane like people are like stage diving every single second like (laughs) the crowd is going insane and then jpeg mafia is like a like I guess what you would consider like glitch hop, like okay. hip hop with like, uh, it's it's really hard to like verbalize how yeah, to describe yeah. it, but like uh, more aggressive on the side of hip hop. But like the fact that the three of them, they went on tour cause they're all from Maryland. Okay. Uh, but like, it's just such a cool thing to have like such diverse music all in the same spot. Yes. Um, and, and maybe PG represented like a microcosm of what, we as a members of the local community are trying to redo like yes. emulate like with like you are putting on a festival that sort of does this yeah. kind of thing and like i work with a multitude of artists who from from rock to i mean uh sunflowers pretty fucking heavy yeah to then uh, I'm writing country music and I just picked up an electronic artist who I'm like, it's my nephew, but he's with <laughs> a buddy and they, they, they've sent me, or they always show me music and I'm usually like, yeah, keep making it, you know, yeah, you're going to get there. And then they showed me one song last or last month and I was like, okay, we this is right. We're there. We could do something with this now. That's we just like- need to get a singer probably, uh, but you know, it's like a multitude of things. It's not. I'm not like a specific yeah. person, but I feel like that is kind of like it's like we're already headed that direction for sure. Currently, it's like know? a renaissance of it. It yeah. is. It really is. Uh, which is really cool. I think the the biggest thing is there just needs to be like a breeding ground for it. Yes. Like there needs to be somewhere for people to go to mix all of these scenes together. Mm-hmm. Um, which like hopefully fuchsia can be that in the future. Like I'd I'd love to. It'll have, play a role in that for sure. Yeah, but like obviously like we need like a place to go like steadily, yep. uh, to do shows and it's really cool and like obviously mixed bills aren't always the best thing in the world, uh, but like to have the capability of having a mixed show is just a cool thing to be able to like bring different scenes together. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And like you said, having the spot, dude, it's like an incubator of just for sure crossing fucking ideas and yeah and but like and and it has to happen on multitude of levels like from studios who support multiple genres to festivals who support multiple genres to then venues who will do that but yeah we're just 
and we keep talking about it. Hopefully, it's gonna fucking happen one yeah. day. You know, like <laughs> we'll we speak it into we existence. Bringing, yeah, I, I bring it up all the time because it's a important thing. That it's like, I know running venues are expensive. For sure, they're fucking hard to do. It's probably like something you're just strapped to all the damn time. Oh, it's I, like I a bet. restaurant, I'm imagining. But um, I don't know. You know, we just fucking. It's it's what needs to go down. It is for sure. But it, which makes me think. Um, and I've, I've, I kind of mentioned this a second ago, but like your festival has been a very important player. Only two of them have happened. So it's only two days out of the couple years that I've been doing Wally Opus, but, uh, like it, it, your festival plays an important role in introducing me to, uh, people in the scene, you know? It's awesome. It's important work. It's like it does do what you want it. Like you were saying, you want it to be like a thing where like people can come meet and do this. And for the first two years, that really is what it has been. Yeah. There's a lot of mixing and, you know, clashing of different people. Like, for example, I'll never forget this. Hayden Crane, uh, we had talked about the strangers. He had never really seen them. I've taken like a pretty... Uh, I've taken like a pretty like, uh, I want to say like formal is not the word, but like structured approach to the strangers project. They have to, to where like, um, like a lot of marketing and a lot of like, like, uh, the labels played a big, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The labels played like a big part in what they do. Whereas like when I worked with Hayden, He's not really into the label stuff. Yeah. He's like a DI, you know, he's like an independent dude. Totally cool. Everybody's got their own thing. But I remember, um, so I didn't think Hayden would really like the strangers just from knowing Hayden. Yeah. Hayden comes to the second Fuchsia Fest and he sits over by me during the I strangers show. This. Yeah. And he's like, uh, after after like a couple songs or something, he like looked at me, he's like, they're really good. He's like, uh, like they're really good, and I thought, <laughs> awesome, dude. I'm glad to hear you say that. Like, <laughs> like, I think so too. Like, I think that they're like a good young band, you know, like fresh out of high school. Like, they're, I think they got a lot of potential, you know, like. For sure. But it was, it was cool. Like, I don't necessarily know if I would have had that conversation with Hayden had we not both been at the Fuchsia Fest in that context. Yeah. You know, but and then the same happened on the other side. Like, I heard. Um, is it Woo Boy? Whoa Boy? Yeah, Whoa Boy. Whoa Boy. I always forget how to, or I've never actually known how to say it. Whoa Boy. I thought their project was cool. I'm like, yeah. dude, this is a lot of fun. Whoa like, Boy is super sick. Like an indie, dreamy. Yeah. It's And Hayden's like, I only know like a couple beats. I'm like, dude, it's perfect. It's yeah. what it needs. It, it works it's really awesome. Well. And you can, yeah. tell, you can tell he's just vibing back there too. He is, dude. Drums. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So your festival... It really brings it, it. It does do, it does do. I think the important work of what you're talking about, the bringing people together and like the the, I don't really want to call it networking really, but like the community building. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's really what I I wanted it to be at its core is just something, uh, to help the Evansville community because like I said, whenever it was like first starting, we Amp hadn't even played, actually prior to that for like a year and a half because mm-hmm. like COVID and then like. Right after we released our first project, um, we kind of went on like a, a there's like a little lull around Evansville because it was uh, right after the venue closed and then yeah. uh, like other stuff just happened. And so like 
we hadn't played. And so like it gave us an excuse to come like to play Evansville again. Uh, But also just like, I'm glad it can be a place for everybody to, to kind of come together and like have something to look forward to. Like uh, I think it's really important for a community to, to at least have a day a year. Heck yeah. And, and give like, like we barely touched on a visual artist. They're set up all throughout the venue selling their work you know, I think it's a great place too for some people who maybe haven't ever really sold their work, but oh, maybe yeah. they make great shit. Yeah, there's a, a a lot of artists that I had never like because I have to do a lot of research, obviously, whenever I'm like booking this because like obviously like I can book my friends, but like that feels kind of shady, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't want to be the guy who's just like serving the people that I love. You know? Yes, like, right. I, I right. want to like it to be. A you true... want to actually serve them through providing them with like fresh entertainment. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. And like to be like a true community building thing, it can't just be like my group of friends doing yeah. shit. Like that's yeah. not that doesn't that doesn't make sense. No, it's uh, like a house party. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so like there are tons of artists that like I hadn't really been that familiar with, or like people that I knew but like I knew had never really sold anything. Yeah. And so like it, it's a good opportunity for them to be able to put themselves out there and for them to network or community build with other people. Like, Oh yeah. Cause I mean, that's, that's really what it is at the end of the day. Like you, it is networking for other people, but that's like what community building is at the end of the day. Like it is, it's dude. community building from like a, a broader sense and from like the perspective of somebody who's not directly involved, but like, for the bands and for the artists, like they are going to network and through that build the community. Like the community comes from the people who come to it more so than it does like the people providing. Yes. Oh yeah, dude. And like, it really, it takes time. Like it takes, it takes those couple years. Like it's cool to do the second Fuchsia Fest. I was back there recording and like just seeing, seeing some of this, you know, you guys played again, uh, but everybody else was like just new and mingling. But uh, like several of the old bands came, yeah. you know, in one sh- way, one way or another, uh, with a, in a different band or just to come support, and like just being there and and even meeting some of like meeting like I met all the Farrington guys. Yeah, and it's like they they were they were like defunct for a while, but yes. they were a big part. Like I could tell that they were a big part of the scene for sure. Like they were like. Yeah, a lot of people had love for them, and it was very, like, seeing that, like, gave me a lot of, because, dude, I do not come from a world of, like, hardcore music yeah. <laughs> at all. So this has been an acquired taste for me. I, I'm sure. It is yeah. It is for everyone. Well, you got to go through the phase of, like, not liking it to like it. Yes, yeah. And now I can listen to it and really, really understand from a musical perspective and, like, a Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get this. It's not necessarily still something I turn on and I jam to, but you got to ease into it. I understand that. Yes, but now when it when I hear it or when I see it, like even at Louder Than Life, I went to a side stage. I'm not sure who the band was, but they were fucking throwing down. And Pete, there was a mosh. They were moshing, and it was just nuts. And I just stood back and watched because I'm not gonna get in the mosh pit. You're not gonna throw down. Maybe one day. Throw some bows. Yeah. Not <laughs> yet. I'm not there yet. But just to see it, I can under I now understand it. It's not repulsive to me like yeah. it is to some people where it's For like, sure. oh God, like what is the you know them kids. Yeah, they don't like they have no concept of what is occurring. Now I understand, you know, and I can appreciate it now. Yeah. But 
your festival really did break down the walls to getting involved. With that. <laughs> it was the first time I had recorded anything with screaming, any hardcore stuff. Yeah. So I'm it was, glad. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's been a great thing. I'm glad I can be your exposure therapy for. Yes, <laughs> for hardcore that is music. what it is, dude. I'm over there listening to my headphones. There's nowhere I can go. I just gotta, like, <laughs> You're stuck. Yeah. You got to deal with the thirty minutes. This. Yes, I got to go through this, and I got to make you know. Oh, that's funny. All, All right, right, so um, let's do this last segment. Let's wrap it up. So we can get to the. I want to listen to some fuchsia tracks with you and get some Hell yeah. perspective you want to put on a record. So, all right, this little segment I have is called "Don't Think, Just Act." Oh, so <laughs> I'm gonna rifle off ten terms, names, ideas, uh, questions, but you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, it can be longer than one word too. We've gotten hung up on that recently. Someone's like trying to come up with one word. I'm like, I can't think of a word. I'm like, no, no, no. It's, you can tell a story or something. Just, okay. But just first thing that comes. Um, Canon F1N. Uh, my my baby. <laughs> Did I say it right? Yeah, that is okay. it. That's okay. the camera I use. <laughs> Sweet. It's film, right? Yes. Uh, everything I shoot is film. Different mediums, but all film. Okay. Sweet. North High School Drumline. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't even know where to begin with that. <laughs> Were you in the drum line? Yeah, I okay, was. Okay. Yeah, I, was, I thought I saw a photo. For sure you did. Uh, was it formative? Yeah, it it, it helped. Up. That built me, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it sucks to say that, but like, uh, I met right. most of my still best friends doing that. And uh, I don't know, it shaped me into the music that I like now as well. Awesome. Most memorable moment performing as Amp's drummer. Ooh. My most memorable moment is probably, oh, I guess whenever we released, oh, man, I don't know. Actually, okay, no, I, sorry. This has to be a performance. Yes. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we played a, a house show, a house show in, uh, Sorry, I'm going to take a little bit longer to That's okay. respond to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in Illinois uh, okay. last year at a place called Mount Moon. And this was Mason's first show ever as our bass player. Okay. Uh, and it was like the most perfect experience and perfect show. I couldn't, the, it, the house was like packed. Like people were like up to us. There were people on the stairs. And like we have met so many of our really good friends from there that night. And it was just, we, I don't know. I, I can't explain it into words. It was just such a it beautiful... It was magic. It was a magical night. And that was Mason's <laughs> first gig with you guys. That was. That was Mason's first gig That's with us. That's awesome. He's been, in the, he's been in the band for a full year? Yep. Yeah, he hit his, his one-year anniversary recently. Awesome, dude. That's great. Mason Mason is a force of nature. He is. Like, that man's a beast. He's a beast. God bless him. <laughs> yeah. He goes fucking hard. Yeah, he really does. He brings so much to the band. <laughs> he does. That's great. Um, favorite album artist all time? Oh, my One God. One of the other, album or artist? Um, favorite album of all time is Wildlife by Law Dispute. Okay. My favorite band is probably System of a Down. Okay. Sweet. A song or band you recently found that you're really into? Fleshwater. Fleshwater? Yeah, they're like a hardcore shoegaze band. Okay. 
would you send me them so I yes. can understand what that is? I, it's so I need to. Understand. I'll start. I'll send. I'll send you a, a history lesson on shoegaze later. Sweet, yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> I always get some required listening after each podcast. It, it's also just like a weird genre released. name too. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Uh, dream gig. Ooh, um, or, or tour or something. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I just love to play California. Uh, I don't necessarily anywhere have like, out there. Yeah, I think that's the goal right now. Um, might be possible next year, but realistically, probably twenty four. Uh, I don't know. Playing Colorado also. Sweet. You want to play out west? Yeah, I, I want to go out west, man. Hell yeah! I want to go out there. We're so bad. <laughs> I love it. Current state of the Evansville music scene. What comes to mind? Uh, I think Renaissance, like we said earlier. I think it's in a Renaissance right now. <laughs> I love it. What's funny is I've talked to somebody who is, I'll just tell you who it is. It's Sam Cuban. He's the guy behind Swamp Eyes, the project I just finished up. And he, he was, when he was in high school, he was in a band and that was one scene. And then when he was like in his early twenties, there was like another scene and he's like, He's like, I think I'm recognizing another scene coming. Oh, for and sure. And I'm like, yeah, I think it is. I think it really is. It absolutely is. Yeah. So it's cool. Um, let's wait. Okay. Someone in music that you look up to. Just music in general? Mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm so bad with idols. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't know. People always ask me who my favorite drummer is and everything like that. And I, I like, fail to answer it. But, uh, shit, man. This is the worst question. I'm you're like answer these quickly. <laughs> I'm like doing the did, opposite. Did of anybody that. come to mind? Not really. It's so hard for me to answer that cuz like there are like bands that I love and like I want to do what they do, but like specific people I have such a hard time like nailing down cl- clinging to, yeah. 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 That's all right. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Moving on. The question, the answer is you don't have anybody yeah. specifically that you. That should have been what I said. Yeah, that yeah, would, that no, would have saved a good thinking, two minutes off okay, the podcast. So that's, what, that's right. <laughs> um, a modest proposal five years from now, what does it look like? What um, do you guys want to be doing? A little more gray hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hearings a little more gone. Voices are, you know. Um, I think so. We There's a, a really long standing joke right now that. We have to put out three albums in the next 10 years because we're always joking about like, oh, it's going to take us this long to do it. So in five years, I'm going to say we have two albums out. Uh, Hopefully we are signed to a mid to large size label. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, hopefully we're just we're still kicking. I I know we'll still be kicking, but hopefully we're kicking that that way. Heck yeah, dude. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Okay. Last question. This might not be a good question for you based off two questions ago, but <laughs> you get to you get the chance to hang out with uh you get the hand sorry, you get the chance to hang out for an evening with anyone you'd like, dead or alive, who would you choose to hang out with? Yeah, you, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> One person dead or alive. I'm gonna say JFK. Oh sweet! He knows something. Yeah, he knew something, and I want to yeah, know. He would be a cool guy just to kick it with. Dude, yeah. That's a good answer. I never think old presidents or old figures, especially one assassinated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, yeah. That's a that's a good one. Cool. Yeah, he have some cool insights. 
yeah. shit, or just some cool shit. He's like, oh yeah, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, this. he's he's got something. I'm sure of it. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, yeah, dude. That's I think I think we could wrap it up there. Let's do this again sometime. Fuck, I feel like we could talk for hours. I know. I feel like it's been like four hours. Everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's go. Let's listen to some music. But thank you for coming on, dude. Yeah, You're like. You're a you're a pinnacle of the scene here locally doing the festival. You got a band. I mean, it's so. Thank you for doing what you do. No, thank you, man. Thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks for for helping out with everything. Heck yeah, heck yeah. I'm happy to do it. Um, all right. So if people want to find you, uh, are you most active on Instagram? Yeah, I'd probably say so. Okay, and you got uh, where? What can they? What what's your handle on there? Where can they find you? Uh, so <laughs> I'll go through all of them. My, my photography is dh.film, uh, and then my bands are a modest prop band and cams and band. Gotcha. And if they just follow your actual account, or if they go to your actual account, uh, like your Darren Harger account, yes. all those are tagged. Yes, so Darren.Harger. Also Fuchsia Fest. I should probably shout that out. Oh, shit. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Don't forget Fuchsia Fest. Yeah, Fuchsia, F-U-C-H-S-I-A Fest. Yeah. Yep. What like does that mean? It's the flower. Okay, gotcha. Not the color. Gotcha. Okay, sweet. Um, any, sh- okay, you got a show coming up on the uh, on December 30th. Yep. Yeah, we got a show December 30th. Uh, we'll be recording some new music hopefully soon. Sweet. Hopefully, within the next couple of months, we'll have something out. Heck yeah. And I'm going to ask you something after this, all right, based off that. <laughs> so, um, any closing remarks? Anything you want to, anything else for the people listening? No, just go stream Solera while it's out. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks for Darren. Thanks to Darren for being here. Uh, remember to get your tickets for Wally Opus Presents happening this Sunday at Stage 2. At 321 in Evansville. Tickets are 20 bucks and can be found at wallyopus.com. Um, we're, we're, we're renting a badass sound system from this guy up in Fort Branch um, who I, I like, like years ago, I would perform. I had like a little indie project that was like electronic music meets almost like singer songwriter shit i don't know different shit but um uh when i would come home from college or different things i would play at like summer fests or like you know like like stuff like that uh town festivals and i met this guy and i hit him up like i've hit him up a couple times asking if his sound system is available and i hit him up recently i'm like or when i started playing the show i'm like is your sound like would you be down to do this he's pretty fucking expensive so like i have to that's what's you gotta, I gotta make the money back to pay for this. For sure, sounds. But it's, it's going to bump, you know. And we're not doing bumping music necessarily, but <laughs> I just wanted to hear the kick drum, fucking. You want to feel it. You want to feel it in your heart. Feel that fucking kick drum. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tickets are on sale still at wallyopus.com. That show is on Sunday, December the eighteenth. But thank you all for listening. Uh, go check out Darren and A Modest Proposal and Campson and uh, come out to Fuchsia Fest next year or uh, later. Yeah, next year in 2023. And, um, everybody have a great week and we'll see you next week. <laughs>